Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross and if you can hear excitement in my voice, it is because I am excited. Today I'm going to talk to you about how my hobby, or one of my hobbies, but how my hobby has made me better at business. So um, a few episodes back, I was talking about how uh, my husband and I play chess and I suppose really considered that I have hobbies, but I suppose I do. I love running. I love playing chess. I was one of the cool kids in school that um, went to chess club. And anyway, a few episodes back, I mentioned that we were playing chess and my husband plays chess. And um, a couple of you have actually messaged me about that, which has been really nice to have that conversation with you. Before we go into this episode, though, I do want to let you know This episode is about how my hobby has made me better at business. You do not need to know anything about chess in order to get a benefit from listening to this episode. It's just that in playing chess over Christmas with my new chess set that Jimmy got me, it's bloody lovely. It's like a marble, gorgeous chess set, really heavy pieces that feel really nice in your hand. Anyway, I want to bring the lessons that I've been learning over the Christmas period by playing chess about business because some of them have really slapped me around the chops. I'm not going to lie. And I'll talk about them in this episode. But really what I want you to get from this is to listen to my lessons. Yeah, to think, oh God, yeah, right. How does that apply to me? Does that apply to me? What would like? What would I like to do with that realization? I hope that's what you get from my episodes. I hope that by me bringing my personal lessons, my client examples, everything that I bring to the inner work conversation, I hope what that's always doing for you is helping you to take what you're hearing and think about how that applies to you and think about how you might like to use that realization or perspective shift to change the way that you navigate business for your benefit. That's always, always what I'm hoping to do. At the same time, like I've always said in the Inner Conversation, helping you to feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. I also bring what I bring to this uh, podcast hope, hope in the hope, hopeful, that you don't feel alone in some of the things that you might be challenged by or struggling with or experiencing while you're navigating business. So let's get into it. The first lesson that playing chess has taught me about business is focus and attention when things go wrong. It's like, where does your where does your focus and attention go when things go wrong? I know I mentioned this in a previous, in a recent previous podcast episode. I remember bringing the example of if you win the lottery, it's likely that the majority of your focus and attention is going to go on that lottery win. And that doesn't mean just because you've had that lottery win and all of your, or the majority of your focus and attention is on the massive amount of money that you've just won. That doesn't mean that there aren't little fires going on in your life and business. It just means that all of your attention is on the big lottery win. And it's also the same when something really, really bad happens. So if something awful happens in life or in business, it's usually the case that a lot, the majority of your focus and attention is going on that bad thing. But just because your focus and attention is going on the bad thing doesn't mean that there aren't amazing little things going on or amazing big things going on in other places in your life and business. And it's the same. What I noticed about when I was playing chess was when pieces start going, so when Jimmy started taking my pieces, I realized, I recognized that I was starting to put my focus and attention 
on what pieces were missing, as opposed to making the most, like playing the best game I could with what I still had. It's a little bit, it felt a little bit like the feeling of when you're on a motorway and you're driving past an incident, it's like rubbernecking. It's like uh, looking to the side or behind you is stopping your focus and attention from being able to play the best game with the cards that you dealt. And it was exactly that. And it really made me think about business. It's like while we were playing chess and Jimmy was taking my pieces, and it didn't even matter, by the way, if I was taking his pieces too, I was sort of doing this thing of like, counting and comparing what pieces he'd taken versus what pieces of his I'd taken and what pieces I had left. And oh my God, it was like this real scarcity. I think think that's the word I want to use. It was like this real scarcity around, oh my God, like these pieces have gone instead of putting my focus and attention on, but these are the resources I still have. And I think the big business lesson here is we can do this in business, right? So with any metric you want to take, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's resources, whether it's how big or uh, like your audience and how many followers you have on a particular social media or uh, email, email subscription thing, it's like, We can sometimes be so focused on what's going away, what money has gone away, what time has gone away, what uh, followers have gone away, that we're not actually putting any focus and attention on what we do have, what resources we do have, what money we have, what time we have, what audience we do have. And so because we're rubbernecking at what we've lost, our focus isn't going on what we have. And I thought, my God, that is such an important lesson. It's like, uh, the the way I see it is a little bit like chess. It teaches me the lesson of you have to accept and carry on all at the same time. Like if your queen, which is if you don't know chess, it's one of your uh, most. It's the I think the most powerful piece on the board. If your queen gets taken, it's taken. It's gone. You can't go back. You can't unmake the move you've made. And what's even worse, by the way, side note, is when you make the move and you can see that they're about to take one of your big pieces and it's like, oh, fuck, (laughs) you can't go back. You can't take the move back. You can only learn from it. And it is that. It's this massive opportunity of practicing grace and acceptance and uh, forgiveness towards yourself in real time while the game is still going on. Business is just like that. When you make a move in business and it means that you have squandered time or money or resources away, it's done. Usually you can't take it back. So it's up to you. It's up to us where in those moments we place our focus and attention. Are you going to place it on what's lost or are you going to continually find the discipline within yourself to keep your focus and attention on what you do have, on what resources, time, money, uh, resources, audience, whatever it is that you do have and make the most with the players that you have, make the most with the cards that you've been dealt, make the most with what you still have available to you. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is to focus on how you can win, not just on how you can not lose. Okay, this is a big one. And this is this really taught me something about uh, the difference between my husband and I. And I never knew it. I'll be honest, I never knew it. I, I didn't, until we played chess together, I never knew this difference even existed. So 
I'm going to tell you what it is. And then I'm going to tell you how I think it relates to business. When we were playing chess, what I noticed about the difference between the way I was playing it and the way Jimmy was playing it is he plays chess in an attack, attackative, <laughs> is attackative a word? He plays chess in a really attacking uh, style. I play chess in a really defensive style. Or I have been, I should say, like I'm learning to attack more now. But what I noticed about the way that we were playing, and I should mention, by the way, my last chess set got absolutely battered. So it went, it sort of went away. Like we haven't really been playing chess. So with my new Christmas present, we've been playing much more chess, hence this episode, um, hence the realizations, right? But I noticed that he was so, his style was so much more attacking than my style. His style was, I'm playing to win. My style was, I'm playing to not lose. And although there might, it might seem like that's just a very subtle difference, I think there's a massive business lesson here. I want you to notice when you wake up or when you, like, notice when you start the day, what thoughts are you thinking? or when you're about to go into a meeting, or when you're about to give a presentation, or when you're about to do a post on social media, or do a podcast episode, are you playing to win, or are you playing to not lose? Are you playing to win, or are you playing to avoid judgment, avoid criticism, avoid failure? Because there is a very subtle, but very important difference. Often, I think that when we're seeking to avoid losing, as opposed to seeking to try and win, it can really have a detrimental impact to the actions we do and do not take, the approach that we approach, whatever it is that we're approaching with. Jimmy, as I said, Jimmy has a really in chess attacking style, and I've learned a lot from this. And when we were playing, I actually said out loud to him, you, you really are very, I'm very defensive in my style. You're very attacking. And just, it was like a, it wasn't even a thing to him. It was just a conversation and an off the cuff comment. And he went, well, obviously if I'm playing, I'm playing to win. If you want something, you've got to put yourself out there and go and get it. And I was like, oh, you know, one of those epiphany moments where it's like, (laughs) and I was just like, yeah, you're right. And I suppose what I was avoiding, I was treading ever so cautiously, ever so carefully through my every move that it sort of was leading in in chess, in the game. It was leading to me overthinking all of my moves and being overly cautious. And don't get me wrong. Yes, in chess and in business, there is strategy. Of course, we don't want to lose. Of course, we don't want to make the wrong moves. But I think that there's a very fine line between wanting to not lose and wanting to not fail and be judged and all of that, that's that's a healthy thing. But it sort of becomes weaponized against ourselves when we stop playing to win, when we stop trying to put ourselves out there and, and actually go after what we want. And I noticed that. And it made me look at myself in business and think, am I playing to win or am I just playing to not lose? Am I going after what I really want? Or am I just trying to make what I don't want not happen? There's a difference. And I want you to question that. And it, this this whole lesson, this second lesson that I'm bringing, it made me actually have a further conversation with Jimmy where I was like, hey, Jim, 
when you wake up in the morning, where do your thoughts naturally go? And it made me ask the same question to some of my one-to-one clients. I was like, hey, when you wake up in the morning, what thoughts naturally flood in on autopilot? And it is so interesting to me what kinds of examples I got back. For some people, it was like, oh, well, I just get flooded with all of the things that I have to do that day. For other people, it was like, well, to be honest, my brain naturally goes to what problems are there to fix? And it made me realize that so many of us are navigating business, not to win, but to not lose. It's like, oh, going back to that first point, our focus and attention is very much on what problems are there that I need to fix? What to-dos are there that I need to get on top of and not fall behind on? But are we playing to win? Are we going after what we want? Are we prior? For those of you who are in the inner work club, by the way, if you're not, here's one of the things that we work on. Are you prioritizing the high value activities towards the things that you want to create, to go after, to uh, actualize, to manifest in business? And if not, are you playing to win or are you just playing to not lose? It's very important, subtle, but very important. Okay, moving on. Third lesson. Third lesson, I've got the title here that says, dare to make your own moves. Don't just wait around. Okay, I love this one. I love this one. Okay, so in business, as a business owner, the last three years have very much taught me that no one is coming, like the Mel Robbins thing, you know, no one is coming, no one's coming to save you, no blah, blah, blah. I've recognized and realized that in the last three years, no one's coming to give me permission. No one's coming to give me encouragement. No one's coming to give me enoughness. You know, they're not, no one's going to come along and anoint me enoughness. I have to give that to myself. You have to make moves. It's the same in chess. You can't just play chess responding to the moves that your opponent is making. You, Even if you don't have a plan or a strategy, or even if you had a plan, but your plan's gone to shit because something unexpected happened, you have to make moves. You have to dare to make moves. You can't just wait around. And what playing chess taught me is I was, I was like going back to that style thing where Jimmy was playing in a more attacking way and I was playing in more of a defensive way. What I realized is like, I was almost taking my opponent's lead. (laughs) I was waiting to see how he would move to then instruct and inform how I would move. And while there's nothing wrong with sort of responding to the world, I do think that you've got to dare. You've got to dare to give yourself the permission. You've got to dare to give yourself the encouragement. You've got to dare to give yourself the enoughness. You've got to dare to make moves. And what I realized in chess was I wasn't sort of making bold moves in case, fill in the blank, you know, in case I failed, in case I made a silly move and one of my important pieces got taken. But that to not make moves is costly when your opponent is making moves. And the way that this is like business is, look, the world's carrying on anyway. No one really gives a shit. No one cares. No one cares if you make the brave move or not. No one cares if you do the thing that you said you were going to do or not. No one's watching you. No one's paying as much attention to you as you think they are. But who it really matters to is actually you. Like if you don't do the brave thing, it's only you that's going to pay the price of that. If you don't dare to make that move, to say the 
thing that you wouldn't have ordinarily said to dare to try that new thing that you haven't tried before or whatever it is. It's only you that's going to suffer. It's only you that's going to pay the price. And chess has really taught me that. You've got to dare to make moves. You can't just wait around. And I have learned the same in business too. Lesson number four. Lesson number four is one that is very dear to my heart because it's around learning and development. And it is to be great means to keep learning and to keep practicing. Here's the thing. I identified as someone <laughs> who is really fucking good at chess, right? I've been playing, like if, if I think about my household, I've been playing chess the longest. That's how my brain was working. I've been playing chess the longest, right? I've been playing chess since I was, I don't know, like six. I remember playing chess when I was little with my dad. I remember playing chess in chess club. I remember being walked to chess club and playing chess in there, right? And so in my head, I had this identity as the best chess player, the one who's the most experienced, right? That doesn't mean shit if you haven't been practicing. <laughs> and what I realized when I was playing chess with Jimmy over the Christmas period is, oh, fuck, you've been practicing and I haven't. He's been playing chess recently, regularly, I haven't. And so it doesn't matter what you think about yourself, to be great or how you identify, to be great means to keep learning. To be great means to keep practicing. You can't just expect to maintain a skill, especially one where others interact with you, if you're not literally doing it. You might like the idea that you're good at something, but are you? Are you actually? Are you actively? You know, it, it's the same in business. Your skills can only be maintained by doing. You have to continue to do. It's like it's like with this podcast, right? I I was sitting chatting to a friend earlier on this morning, went for a coffee, met up, and I was like, it amazes me. And I know I've said this in previous episodes, but I'm going to say it again. It amazes me how at the beginning of recording these podcasts, it used to take me a full day to create, to record, to edit down and to publish a podcast episode. Now I can churn podcast episodes out, honestly, in an hour. Like uh, this episode will probably take me an hour to create, uh, record, edit and publish because it, it's something that I've been doing. It's something I've been practicing. And I'm not I'm not saying the quality is amazing. What I am saying is it's good enough and it's good enough and I've got quicker at it and I've got more effective at it because I've been practicing it week in, week out. I have, I don't think I've missed a podcast episode, I don't think, in two years. And that is something I'm really proud of, not because of the consistency, but because of what it has given me, because of the skills that is developed within me, the skills that are completely unrelated to podcasting, but the skills of being able to take an idea out of my brain and verbalize it, the skills of public speaking, the confidence that comes with competence. You know, I'll talk a little bit little about little bit more about that in a minute. But what I what I realized through playing chess is it is true. To be great means to keep learning and to keep practicing. So it doesn't matter if in our house I'm the one that's been playing chess the longest, if actually Jimmy has been recently and regularly playing chess. 
playing chess, it's a game of focus. It's a game of patience, much, much more that I think much, much more than it is a game of strategy. And I think the same is true for business. I think so much more than strategy, business is a game of focus and patience. In chess, whether you play it or not, you'll be able to follow along with this. In chess, it only takes for me to put the football on in the background <laughs> as a sly move for Jimmy to get distracted. And in his distraction, I can focus. I can increase my focus. And it's the same, by the way, I don't have to do use dodgy uh, and sly methods <laughs> to win. It's the same if, I don't know, if you're rubbernecking on the last amazing move that you just made where you just took that person's queen, most powerful uh, piece on the board, and you're like, oh, so distracted by your recent win that they actually pull the wool over your eyes and make a sneaky move the next move, you know? You, what I'm saying is sometimes if we're not diligent and disciplined in our focus, like I said in that first point, in our focus and our attention, it's less about your strategy and your plan and more about how able you are to continually have your focus in the now. And I think that that pertains so much to business. I hear entitlement all the time, from, not just from other people, from myself too. And I hear entitlement dressed up in the clothing of apathy. It sounds like, oh, well, you know, I'm just no good at public speaking or I'm just no good at social media, or I'm just no good at marketing. I've got nothing interesting to say. And it's like, yeah, you have to practice that shit. You can't just say, oh, well, I'm just no good at it. Because that is, that is entitlement dressed up in apathy's clothing. Apathy being, well, you know, I don't really care. And I've made up my decision anyway, made up my mind that I'm no good at it. Actually, that's just entitlement. You have to practice being good at something if you want to maintain that skill. Where in business have you made a decision around something that you're not good at? And instead of being like, okay, actually, I accept that my time management or my boundaries or my ability to speak in public or my presence on social media, I accept that that skill is not where it should be or it needs to be. And I commit to practicing that skill and getting great as opposed to making up my mind. The mistake that I made <laughs> with chess was making up my mind that I was the best chess player in the house just because I've been playing it the longest. Not true. Not true because all the while I had been carrying that identity around, Jimmy had been practicing playing chess regularly and I hadn't. And so he actually had more skill, more developed skill, more advanced skill than I had. Ooh, big one, right? Uh, okay, last two lessons. Lesson number five, cultivate resilience when it matters most. What I mean here is sometimes in chess, it can seem like you are losing, like it really can. And it always surprises me, you know, sometimes it only takes one or two moves for the whole game to be flipped entirely on its head just like business. <laughs> Sometimes in business, it can feel like you're losing. It can feel like whatever it is that you're doing isn't working. It can feel, in those moments, it can feel like, oh, I'm just not getting to where I need to be. I'm losing. And this is what I mean by cultivate resilience when it matters most. In those moments, in chess, in those moments where it feels like you're losing and it looks like you're losing, 
if you let your brain think, I've lost, then you have. The moment you let your brain go there, it's a slippery slope. Your ability to just keep going, not just, actually, no, not just your ability to just keep going, your ability to keep your energy and attention on what matters when things do not look like they're working, when things aren't going your way, or when things aren't going the way you expected them to go. It is so easy for our mind to fixate on what should have been, what should have been according to your imagination. And it's so easy instead for your brain to look at the failures and the mistakes and the rejections. You know, it's so easy for your mind to get distracted. And therefore, instead of cultivating that resilience when it matters most, we sort of go into the sad swamp and we look at how we're losing and we lose because that's the only way. Like if you, if you're presenting only, I am going to lose to your brain, that is what you will seek evidence of. And like I said, in chess, sometimes the whole game can be flipped around in just a couple of moves and it's the same in business. But whilst you're carrying a mindset of, oh, I'm losing, you can't really expect yourself to win, you know? So my encouragement to you in business here is think about on a a daily basis or on a regular basis, how often do your business results not meet the expectations of what you thought they should look like? And instead of continually focusing on that's okay, but how can I continue forward? What can I take from that? What lessons can I glean from that? How can I use that to move me forward? How often does your brain fixate on, but I wanted it to go this way and it didn't? How how often are you getting stuck there? And instead, how in those moments, how can you cultivate resilience for yourself? The resilience to keep going, even when it looks like you're losing. The resilience to go forward, even when things don't look like you expected them to. The last lesson, lesson number six, is your ability to think bigger and play bigger is parallel to your confidence and your competence. How many times in business have you heard people say, think bigger, play bigger? And I, uh, (laughs) I want to sort of, I don't want to, I don't want to dampen anyone's bigness at all, at all. If you're thinking big, if you're playing big, amazing. But I I do want to just get you to consider that if you're struggling to uh, access thinking bigger, and if you're struggling to access playing bigger, might that be linked to your confidence that comes from your competence? So, when I started to play chess over the Christmas period with Jimmy and realized he was kicking my ass, I downloaded a chess game onto my phone and I just practiced against a computer. And this computer had three levels, basic, intermediate, and advanced. And of course, because of the earlier point in this episode, I thought, I'm amazing at chess. I should just go straight to advanced. Clicked on advanced. The computer just kept fucking knocking me out. (laughs) The computer just kept trampling all over me. And I was like, oh, right, okay. I can't think this big right now because I'm not confident playing the advanced computer because my competence isn't there. So 
I needed to be humbled and I needed to click on the beginner and I needed to build myself back up. I needed to build my competence back up, which built my confidence, which enabled me to think bigger again. What interest, what thinking bigger to me looked like was, oh, I could, I could beat you in three moves. It, and interest, just like in business, it's not all down to the things you do. Other people are involved too. You're not just playing the game of business or chess on your own. Other people are involved too, making their decisions. But what I recognized is the more I played, the more competent I became, the more my old skills were starting to be honed again and dusted off, and the more confident I became, and therefore, the bigger I could think. I was thinking really small. I was like, how can I get that pawn? <laughs> Which is one of the, um, it's a, listen, pawns are not, in the game of chess, pawns are not an a not powerful player, but they're one of the less seen as the less valuable players. When I was playing Jimmy, I was like, how can I get your pawn? And he was like, how can I beat you in three moves? There's a difference. And I think this pertains to business too. I think that when we're trying, when we're seeing online, people be like, okay, so you can, you can earn 10K months working from the beach only three hours a day. I think that there's something to be said for at the beginning. You saw, you have got to build your competence confidence and confidence is is built from competence. I know for me, I don't know about you, but I know for me, the last three years has absolutely shown me that I might be really good as a learning and development professional, as a facilitator of my client's development, as a coach, as a mentor, as a trainer. I might be really good at those things, but my fucking God, I was not good at business when I first started out. I didn't know anything about accounting. I didn't know anything about my books. I didn't know anything about uh, sales, social media, marketing. I knew nothing about those things. And yet I expected myself to be thinking big, playing big, confident, but I wasn't competent. And I want you to look at the areas around your business or around your career where you're having the same expectation. You're listening to other people talking about playing big and thinking big, and you're not giving yourself any room to truly objectively assess what is true for you. And what is true for you might mean, actually, maybe in that particular area, you should be playing smaller. Maybe you shouldn't have the same goals as that person over there who's got the bigger goals, but they've been doing it for years more. You can hear that I'm navigating this point ever so carefully because what I don't want to do is is behave or in imply that uh, your development is linear. It's not. Business isn't even linear. You know, some of the rules that I hear even my own clients and myself, like the assumptions that we make about business. Just this past week, uh, when I um in hour one, which is something we we meet up every Monday morning inside the Inner Work Club, and we get our shit together for the week, and I present an idea for my clients to consider that will really set them up well for the week. And this week, I was talking all about taking responsibility. And I asked the question, you know, what would it look like if you took responsibility in business? In fact, fuck it. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play you a snippet of our one from this last week. Rather than tell you about it, why don't I just play you a little snippet of it here? I'm going to insert it right now. I am going to start today's session as we mean to go on. 
And I would like to talk to you this morning about responsibility. I'm going to start off by reading you a page out of a very loved and disheveled book. It's the second book in Rebecca Campbell's series. And this one is called Rise, Sister, Rise. Got Rise, Sister, Rise. I'm going to read you page 83. It was in the ashes that she found her phoenix. And boy, was it worth the wait. Own who you are. You cannot stand in your power unless you know who you are and own it. The strengths and the weaknesses, the shadow and the light. If you don't know who you are and claim it, you will look to others for permission to be who you think you might be or desire to be someday. If you know who you are with conviction, no one can define your worth, take away your power, bring you down or say what is possible for you but you. If you own your shadow, no one can call you out for you have already claimed it. So who are you? What I want you to do this morning is I want you to ground into the word responsibility. What I love about self um, advocacy, which we talked a lot about in December in the Guardian of Your Highest Good workshop, is it means that you are advocating for yourself. And what I love about responsibility is it means that you are taking ownership you are taking responsibility of the things that you say are important to you. And that's sort of what we come together and do every single Monday in hour one. We come together and we get clear on, yes, there are tons of things that need to be done, but what do you take responsibility for committing to this week? I want to take it a notch higher before we get into the detail of this week. And I want to give you a sentence to play with. So this sentence to play with, I want you to um, allow whatever comes out, I'm going to give you like five minutes to play around with it. So you're not in a rush, but I want you to allow whatever comes out to surprise you, to intimidate you, to shock you. I want you to allow it all to be okay. You ready? The sentence that I would like you to focus on is this year in 2024, if I took full responsibility for myself and everything that I say I want, what would that mean this year in 2024? If I took full responsibility for myself and for everything that I want, what would that mean? What would it look like? What would it mean that I would be thinking and not thinking? This isn't the same as me saying that everything is in your control. It is not. But what this is me saying is some of the things that will happen this year, not your fault, totally your responsibility. Okay, so it's me. Well, that was me, but this is me. I'm back. Not from the past. <laughs> Linking this back to the last lesson of this episode, your ability to think bigger and play bigger is very often parallel to your competence and your confidence, right? How much of that is linked to you taking responsibility for your business results? How much is that is linked to you taking responsibility for the things, for the skills that you need to develop, for the things that you need to start saying no to and do less of, for the things that you need to start taking responsibility of doing more of, you know? I think that this is such an important point because when we think about the goals that we set, we when we set those goals, we're also whether we like it or not, taking responsibility for the things that must be done, the actions that are absolutely required for us to achieve what we want to achieve in the name, in, to, in devotion to the clients that we serve, the, fin the family that depends on us, the potential that lives within us to actualize and fulfill. 
And I really, I love that I was able to find that snippet so quickly and able to insert it here just to give you guys, especially if you're thinking of joining the Inner Work Club, these are the kinds of questions that we're starting the week with. Would you like to be asked those questions every week? Because let me tell you, from the questions that I ask at the beginning of the week, it really does uh, put a flavor into the coaching that, that I then go on to deliver for my clients inside the Inner Work Club. Um, that people are thinking in different ways, people are having different relationships with themselves. So it, it takes people from, well, I can't consider that for me. I can't think big in that way because I'm just this kind of person to, I accept and acknowledge that if I want to think bigger, if I want to play bigger, it's going to require me to develop X, Y, and Z. I love that for you. I love that for my clients. Absolutely love that for my clients. Anyway, um, the last couple of notes that I've got for this episode, which I, I haven't listed as lessons per se, but just final notes that I've learned from chess that absolutely apply to business is being gracious, being gracious in defeat, being gracious in winning. Don't rub a neck at what's happened, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. Allow yourself the allow yourself the ability to just keep your eyes forward. Keep looking forward. Stop looking around at what they're doing. Stop looking around at what you did five minutes ago. Keep looking forward. And if someone else is winning, accept and acknowledge that that's proof that you can do it too. Please don't allow yourself to see other people winning when you feel like all you're doing is losing and think, oh, well, there's another example of why I'm shit. No, see them winning as proof that you can do it too. And my last thing that I want to say to you is allow yourself the opportunities to reflect. So many of us avoid reflection, avoid reflection of like, okay, so I've played that game of chess. What happened? What went wrong? What went right? Ooh, the, the game really turned when you made that move and I made this move. Allow yourself the time to reflect. Something that I encourage with my clients is reflection. Reflection at the end of the day. I want to know how did it go? How did it go? What could you, what can you see that you could have done differently? Not just in your actions, but the way you spoke to yourself, the way you identified with yourself, everything. Allow yourself the time and the space to reflect without self-criticism, without self-judgment, because they're the only two things that make it hard for you to reflect, or they're the main two things <laughs> that make it hard for you to reflect. Anyway, I don't want to take you in loads of different directions. And honestly, there's so much more I could say. <laughs> there's so much more I could say about chess and about business. Um, and you know, like I want to say as well, one of my other hobbies that I mentioned at the top of the, this episode was running. Oh my God, I'm doing a half marathon on the 17th of March. Yes, I think I'm about nine weeks out. And so I'm really regularly up in my... Uh, commitment to running because I've got to, because <laughs> I've got to run a half marathon soon. And that's teaching me a lot too. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to pollute this episode with the lessons I'm learning from running, but there are many. There are many around how I'm being humbled, how I'm being surprised by what my body can do when my mind says it can't. So many. And so I'm just wanting to wrap this episode up by saying, yeah, okay, I've talked about chess today, but think about your hobbies or think about you know, even the relationships in your life, like you could take the relationship with your mum or your dad or your child or your partner and you could think, how does this 
help me be better at business? How does learning these lessons help me be better at business? So I encourage you to look around your life and look at the normal things that you do and how the lessons that you're learning can also apply to business too. I would love to hear from you. So let me know if you think of any lessons that apply to business and what you're going to do differently as a result of thinking about this. I hope this has served you as always. I'm so looking forward to some of the episodes that I've got coming up in the Inner Work conversation in 2024 um, and some things that we'll be doing a little bit differently. That's a little nod towards some of the things that I'm going to be introducing, but I'll say no more on that just yet. Uh, as always, please never forget, I am always cheering you on and I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.